0: With How Women Think and What Women Want, and it's always fascinating to me that scripture is so dead on about what women want. I mean, it's really quite simple. If you think about it, for instance, what is it that you as men want? More than anything else in the world, what is it that you long for from your wife?
1: Respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Most often it's respect, above love, even above that. And you can have love, but if you don't feel respected, there's something really, really important missing for men. For women, it's all about feeling loved. And, uh, you know, Ephesians 5 talks three times, it says, men, love your wife, love your wife, love your wife, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And that's a very sacrificial thing to give yourself up for someone else. And this morning, we're going to talk about how to climb inside sort of the mind of a woman, the mind of your wife, and understand things from her vantage point. How does she think about things? How does she experience things? So that you might be able to love her a little differently and a little better. So I thought I would kind of frame it with three things that your wives, or future wives, if any of you aren't married, future wives would need from you uh, most. And what does love mean to them? Because love to you might mean something very different than love to them. But I just sort of captured three things in my 30 years of sitting with couples it seems to me that these three things always pop up for every woman uh, and every couple that I that I sit with. And the first one is women experience love by the way you listen to them. Now that might seem really simplistic but I really believe that this is the most important thing for them to feel cared about. You really they really need to feel like you are tuned in and listening. Now when you want to Talk When you're talking, let's say you're talking with other men. What is your objective in talking to other men?
2: Getting something done, typically.
0: Getting something done. Getting a problem solved. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's about expressing an opinion. But you talk to accomplish something, right, typically. For women, it is absolutely, totally different. Women talk to connect. And when your woman is talking to you, she's talking to you to connect. Even if she's upset with you. The objective down deep is to connect with you. She wants to resolve something so that she can have a closer, intimate connection with you. It's all about connection for her, which is why you've often heard that men like to fix it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth to that. This is why it doesn't work. The reason it doesn't work is they're not trying to have a problem solved or accomplish anything. They're trying to connect with you. And when you quickly solve their problem, they think you're, they're, you're washing their, your hands with them and then it's over, and that's not their objective at all. So that's why fixing it doesn't really, really work. Mm-hmm. Now, men and women process things really, really differently. So, so for instance, when you have an issue or a problem, um, and you're talking with another man, for instance, how do you go about that? How do you go about accomplishing what it is your objective is? You usually gather your information. Maybe you talk to somebody else about that information, but maybe you just gather the information. You take it, you take it internally, you mull it over, you figure it out, and then you come out and you you go in your cage, so to speak, and then you come out and you pronounce what what your decision is, what your conclusion is. Women process entirely differently. Women kind of have a sense for what the issue is, but the more important thing is engaging. If we were talking to other women, we would engage and we would process and talk, and it would not be about solving the issue necessarily. The process of getting there to the result is incidental it is the entire experience of processing it with you which is the most important thing to a woman so she will have an issue she might want to talk about she'll engage the other person hopefully you as her husband that's what she longs for deeply and and if you are savvy enough to just kind of be a sounding board and process it through with her she'll eventually come up to her own conclusion her own aha about what she needs to do without you offering an opinion at all if you wait long enough and process it through with her long enough, she'll come up with what she needs to do, but actually that is incidental to the fact that you've been with her, you've listened. And so this is why it's really important, guys, to be patient when you're listening. And this is hard, because you think in your mind, what's the point here, what's the objective? Net it out for me, give me the Reader's Digest version. Yeah. And this is not what they need, they need you to patiently be with them Wait, wait for them, and actually, what they really long for is you to get curious about them. Get curious about what they're talking about, and they know you're getting curious if you ask some questions. Now, yep. why questions are not very good; they're not invited <laughs> because they, you know, they're just like interrogative. But they love it when you ask a question like, Tell me, it's not even a question. It's, Tell me more about that, honey." Instead of knock it off and let's get on with something else. If you say, tell me more about that, they feel this invitation to process more with you. Or if you say, this is a real winner and this is a, (coughs) how did you feel about that? When that happened to you or when she said that, how how did you feel about that? Mining, you know, doing kind of a mining expedition to kind of explore what her feelings are, that will win you big points, guys. It really, really will. She wants to feel your interest now a lot of times when she's upset with you, um, guys will make the mistake of giving a premature apology. They think, well, I just, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If, you know, some guys can't even utter that word, but some can, and the ones who can sometimes just want the conversation to be over. So they give <laughs> a premature, I'm sorry, and the wife feels it again as a cutoff. It's not satisfying, it's not, it's not soothing at all. So um, I'm, I'm not going to get into a really robust apology today.
1: Um, I it, what <laughs> a robust apology is,
0: but um, to say I'm sorry prematurely is just not helpful. They just feel cut off by that. Much more helpful to make sure you get to the help and process for a while. That's why you need to be patient, and then um, if there's something to apologize for, make sure you've gotten to the end of her process. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I'm not married, but I would like an example of a premature apology. Okay. So I think it's, again, I mean, oh, I look yeah. as a man, yeah. I'm a yeah. guy, you're talking to a guy, yeah. we do good in examples.
0: Okay, so she says, um, you know, I asked you to do this and you didn't do it. And, and, uh, um, and you know, I, I'm upset about that. And you say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, you, there's a lot of ways to say well, that. Well, yeah, that, uh, that, that I get. Or you say, I'm sorry, honey, and, and you haven't really asked her what she feels. Okay, you've done this, but she's got a lot of feelings about it. And you say, I'm sorry, you're never going to get to the, you might get to the feelings because she might amp up and get upset with you. But if you invite her instead to say, when I did that, honey, what what was going on for you? What did you feel about that? I felt really alone. I felt really alone when you did that. Okay. And, and And you say, tell me more. See, this is courageous. This is sacrificial love. It's right? sacrificial. It's Only sacrificial. she's not going to be
3: nice and calm like Laura is. <laughs> <laughs> she will amp up. When she's it's not heard, she
0: will amp up. Oh, absolutely. You know, So if you get this early and you enter in early and start inviting these conversations, she doesn't store so much. And so mm-hmm. it's not quite as amped up as that. So, The other piece of being able to listen to her well is giving her your full attention. This is a biggie. A lot of times husbands just don't tune in. They don't give full attention. They don't give eye contact. So giving full attention is important. That means you initiate shutting the TV off. If she says, honey, I want to talk. That's not to say every time. You know, if you're watching a really important golf tournament or ball game or whatever, and she comes and says, I want to talk to you, you can say, I want to talk to you too, honey, what's a good time? And you can navigate that. You don't always have to shut the TV up. After you've
3: momentum but, by <laughs> shutting your golf game off by several times, she might give it, you that grade. Can we say,
2: Dr. Morris said? <laughs> What's well, a good time? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes,
0: listen, you will gain big points if she, you know, sometimes, you know, she asks to talk at inconvenient times, okay? Times that you feel are inconvenient. So you have two options. One is go and shut the TV off. You get big points for that. Big, big, big points. Say, I can. This is not as important to me as you. I'm going to shut that out. At times, you will want to say, "Honey, I do want to talk about that with you, and I want to be available. How about can I can I finish this and then shut it off, or do you need me right now?" And most of the time, she'll say, "Yeah, finish that up, and then we'll do that." If she knows your intention it is definitely, I want to talk to you. And you just need to convey that and communicate that to her. And then she usually is satisfied until the end of that. But big bonus points if you say, no problem, honey. I'm with you. What do you need? So full attention. Your mind, sometimes when you're talking to her, you'll be looking right at her, but your mind is somewhere else. Your mind is wondering off talking else. Okay. It's a golf so, game. It's a golf <laughs> game, whatever. So you want your, know, what am I to playing play tomorrow? Um, you want to just bring it back. Just just notice it. Bring it back. Try to, be, try to stay focused on what she's talking about. Um, so, full attention. The listening is the only way. It's the only way you're ever going to understand your wife. And you are challenged in 1 Peter 3, 7 to understand your wife. It says, uh, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, do you remember the end mm-hmm. of that verse? Mm-hmm. Live with your wives in an understanding way so that... Remember? So that your prayers will not be
3: hindered. Oh
0: your spiritual life has a direct relationship to the way you love your wife. You can't claim to be spiritual or mature and be negligent or mistreating your wife. You can't. So very important to live with your wife in an understanding way and learn. Listening is a huge, it is the way. You learn to understand her inner world. You guys are different. You and your wife are different. And you know. oftentimes, we instinctively don't know how to help or support our wife. We, we, we just have a different picture. Men experience as supportive something very different from women. Let me give you an example. A wife will think she's being very supportive when she asks you a lot of questions. She thinks they're carrying questions, so she asks you a lot of questions. And you might feel annoyed. You might feel distrusted if she asks a lot of questions. But to her, if another woman were to come and ask a lot of questions, she would feel so cared for. Like, this person's really interested in me, Okay, so we're different there. Men think they're being supportive when she comes to them with a problem and he sort of tamps it down or minimizes it so she feels better that it's not such a big deal. When uh, I was having my firstborn, uh, Gary was in the room with me as I was uh, in labor and having contractions, and he decided he was going to read my fetal monitor And before it was going down, meaning my contraction was, you know, dissipating, he was going to tell me it was going down to make me, you know, feel as if it was going away, to be helpful. Well, (laughs) as a woman, if I had women in this room, they would all be busting out because... I know when my contractions are going away, and they're not going away, Gary. I don't care if you tell me. You know, so he's trying to be helpful to me by helping my, my pain go away. I'm but so really,
3: glad you communicated that so calmly to <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny now. <laughs> but back then, but he was trying to be supportive, right? But he just didn't get it. I needed him to just, you know, flow with me, not to tell me my contractions are going away. He was trying to fix it, right? Trying to be helpful. Not so helpful. So, Listening, you really have to slow it down. Take time to listen to her heart. What are her preferences? What are her needs? What are her concerns? What are her fears? You know, what is it she worries about? Invite that. Talk to her. You know, again, it's like you're you're in a mining expedition, or you're trying to explore her. Get curious. Let yourself do that. Listen to the to so that you can understand her inner world. She will love you for it. That feels like love to her. The second thing that feels like love to her is your, your devotion to her, and uh, she needs to know that she is your priority above work, above children, above parents, above hobbies, above friends, above anything else, that she is number one. You will put your needs aside for her sake. She needs to know that. Now there are three ways that men usually convey a lack of devotion. The first one is avoidance. Now avoidance shows up when you don't initiate conversations with her, when you have her do all the heavy lifting of parenting, when you disconnect from her emotionally. These are all ways she experiences you as pulling back or avoiding her. Another way is passive. yeah?
2: Okay, so yeah. Um, what would be some examples of avoiding and parenting?
0: Avoiding and parenting would be uh, children misbehave, you're busy reading your paper um, she's you know, doing the dishes or she's do, she's do over here but you don't attend with you just kind of wait and kind of know that she will probably step in if you just don't do much yeah, so. so
2: you let her be the disciplinarian you let her be the disciplinarian the bad guy, the bad guy. The bad, yeah. Yeah,
0: because you want to you, know, yeah. you want to like, be the fun parent and you want to be liked no, exactly, exactly. Right, okay. so you avoid intervening and leave it to her Okay, that's, that's that's not a winner. <laughs> um, passivity is, you know, sometimes men are passive because they've just been passive all their life for whatever reason. And sometimes they're passive because they feel some level of discouragement. You know, maybe they feel like what they have to contribute is going to be rejected or not enough. And so they just don't put it forward. So passivity is another thing that feels like a lack of devotion to women. And then self-interest. When you're just preoccupied with your own needs and, and priorities, that creates a feeling for her that, of, uh, that you're not you're not committed to her in uh, that way.
2: So I'm, I'm going to take advantage of you, so I apologize. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so give us some more practical examples of what passivity in a marriage looks like. Yes. And, or in a relationship or mm-hmm. whatever, what women consider to be passive. I mean, I've got my ideas, but I yeah. want to hear yours. Well,
0: passivity would be... Um, uh, Failing to initiate, whatever, whatever, and that's a big category. But whatever you do, that is a failing to initiate. It is, you know, maybe it's about finding the babysitter on Friday night. You know, make, you know, talked about date night for weeks and weeks and months or something, and and it just doesn't happen. Um, and it doesn't happen. You have you don't make the phone call. You don't say, "Give me the list of babysitters, honey. I'm gonna make that happen." So it's about if you know, passivity is here, proactivity is here. So when you, whenever you're not proactive in making things happen. For you as a counselor,
2: for her, that feels like passivity. Okay. Because I'm also thinking passivity emotionally.
0: That too. That just, Yeah, tell me about that.
2: Well, to me, that means, you know, you're not initiating the conversations. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. You're not engaging. You know when there's like a, a, a rift or mm-hmm. something. You, I mean, we, we, we yeah. all can feel it. Yeah. We know there's yeah. uncomfortableness, but we skirt that issue and... Hopefully that hopefully it goes away.
0: Totally, that's a really good example. A lot of times, men aren't the ones to come back. Um, <laughs> who was it? Erin Beck, a, a psychologist, said, um, uh, "Women think the relationship is successful if they can talk about problems. Men think it's not successful if they have to talk about problems." Mm-hmm. So they are not the ones to come back around, and that is passive. I mean, that's how they experience passivity. If you initiate, say, "Hey, honey, we had this thing that happened yesterday. I'd like to sit down and talk about that. How did you feel?" And, okay, big points. Yeah, initiating. So whenever you initiate, that is proactive and not passive. So thank you. That was a good example. The third one ways uh, men uh, convey lack of uh, devotion is the, oh, I said that self-interest. So. So, many men don't really have the foggy idea, oftentimes, how they can move toward their wife in a way that will feel warm, warmly, meaningfully loving. Um, and oftentimes, when they don't know how to do that, they will either retreat, they will get defensive, or they will get angry. Now, they get angry, why? They get angry, oftentimes, because they know their wife has a need that they, they can't seem to be able to meet or fill. And they don't like it, and so there's a sort of an intimidation factor. Like, don't need. They get angry because they don't want the wife to need that from them. They don't like feeling like a, a failure, so don't need that from me. So sometimes anger can have an intimidating component, and they retreat because sometimes they don't want to. Sometimes they don't want to expend the energy on something when they when the chances of getting it right are low. They just don't want to engage, they don't want to invest the energy. So I think sometimes they retreat for that reason. And of course, whenever they retreat, she's left feeling pretty lonely and abandoned. Okay. So the goal of devotion, when she feels your devotion, it's about moving toward her. That's the whole key is move toward, move toward, move toward. When you're inclined to move away, when you're inclined to retreat, move toward. Um, and. What that means is initiate conversations. It means come back around. It means um, uh, engaging. You know, when your kids need something, rather than sitting back and waiting for her to take take it over. When your wife, and this is really a hard thing for guys to get, but when your wife is disappointed because she has some expectations or some idealized notions of the way things should be, she's disappointed. She often gets critical. Mm-hmm. And when she gets critical, the go-to default for most men, most husbands, is to get out of dodge. It's to withdraw and not be present. That is exactly when she needs you. I know it's counterintuitive, but it is exactly when she needs you. Because if you can be there for her when she goes all negative, that is huge. And it helps her. It's almost like a woman's cycle is she'll feel fine. She'll feel good. She'll feel like giving. She'll feel things are going really well. And then she just gets into this negative funk. She gets into this space and it's it's, it may be about you. It may not be about you. Whatever. But she'll go into this negativity. And when she goes negative you want to kind of make yourself scarce. Mm -hmm. That's exactly when she needs you to sort things out and to process with her. And if you can learn how to do that, she bottoms out and comes back up and begins to feel you know, more creative and more engaged sooner. But if you withdraw and retreat, she can get stuck in that negativity for a very long time.
3: So it's easy to take that negativity very personal. Yes. And so if you're going to raise that question, Yeah. You've put your neck on the block.
0: You really have, Larry. And, <laughs> and yet, I want to say <laughs> that, that a <laughs> lot Next of times, block. if you sit <laughs> with her long enough, she will come to realize it's some about you, it's some about this, it's some about that, that there's a lot of things going on for her. You are the husband, so sometimes you know it will feel like I'm always the target. Mm-hmm. If you take it personally, mm-hmm. you will not be able to be available to her. But if you can see that she's in a really negative space and yeah it's mostly coming at me but let's explore what, what is all going, I'm still going to I'm still going to be proactive I'm still going to initiate I'm going to move toward what is it honey you're working
3: on? against all
0: your feelings mm-hmm. you're working yes you are you're all yourself. your feelings mm-hmm. are your self protective stuff gets activated mm-hmm. and so you want to retreat and that's your whole body is saying retreat mm-hmm. your mind is saying retreat everything is saying retreat <sighs> but this is the sacrificial love we're talking about in Ephesians 5, which is I'm not going to do that, I'm going to live to it and, and you
3: have to believe have faith that there's a resurrection on the other side yeah. but, I mean, <laughs> but there's a death in between <laughs> no, 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 because those, those, that that thing and to the extent, I mean mm-hmm. when she starts, she's in being negative and then when it's starting to escalate like she's negative and I'm humble, you know at least mm-hmm. initially, yeah. Mm-hmm. saying, "Yeah, okay, I was wrong," mm-hmm. and then she escalates. Right. Uh-huh. When I can remember, and it's it's easy to say it and talk about it right now, when I can remember to just I can't necessarily push in, but if I cannot run away,
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
3: and let her escalate and realize, okay. Like two things. She says, just because I'm negative with you right now at that moment, doesn't mean everything else about me, that I, everything I've said about, I still love you. That's all real. Yeah. This is just what I'm expressing at this moment. Yeah. And if I can realize it's going to hurt, but it's, there's going to be a resurrection at the other. that's like the most important thing that I've found. Yeah. And to the extent yeah. that I'm able to implement it,
1: it's mm-hmm. very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, it's every day you yeah. have to do it. So. Yeah. My f- my wife's favorite uh, words to me is tell tell me something good, and I gather that is part of this devotion thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have very hard time with it, and uh-huh. I've learned to now say, you know, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and I study as uh, yeah. uh, you know, quote scriptures uh, uh-huh. on on her, and that. She hates that. (laughs) Why is that?
0: Because she doesn't want your pontification. Mm. She wants your heart. And so when she's asking for something good, she wants to connect with you over something good. And so sharing with (laughs) her something like, you're really pretty today. Or you're you're beautiful. Or um, I had a really good day at work. Or don't you in line with this part, this aspect of one of our kids? Isn't that cool that they're, I mean, something that she can put her hands on is, is really what she's asking
1: for. It's not necessarily just telling, tell her something good about her. It, 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 it could, be, it could good be good for anything.
0: Good, good, good about your experience, good about her, good about your kids, good about life, you know, as long as it's personal and more intimate. She's looking for something likely more intimate. Right. When she's asking for something right. More, yeah. She
1: is. I, I know that for sure. She, <laughs> <Yeah>. And she <laughs> is and I have a heck of a but time out, also, this is, back to this
3: it. is what's helped me so much and you articulated it very well when she escalates mm-hmm. to realize she wants intimacy
1: yeah.
3: and everything in me is saying of course i'm withdrawing cuz you're pushing me away right yeah. but to realize like why are you asking you know you're getting defensive yes when someone attacks me i get defensive mm-hmm. she's not attacking mm-hmm. she wants intimacy mm-hmm. she's actually taking the step to mm-hmm. move forward mm-hmm. and if i can realize wow i've created a relationship where she feels safe to say, be herself, and speak the negativity. Now, it's easy to say it here, Mm -hmm. it's much harder to implement it, but if you can realize, if you say something good, even starting where you're at, Mm -hmm. you know, being intimate, being it personal, but I know, I mean, putting myself in your shoes, Henry, it's hard, but take your best shot, Mm -hmm. and then realize, even if she responds negative, you're gonna keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Let her voice the negativity. Mm -hmm. And don't run away. Mm-hmm. And keep moving forward. Because mm-hmm. she's trying to get your heart. She wants your heart. She wants that connection. Yeah. And if I can remember that, she's doing this because she loves me.
0: Yeah. She's invested. That's why so she's so engaged.
3: Yes. Yeah. The opposite of us, I don't know what's the opposite of us pulling back. The woman is attacking, but it's, she's not running away. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know? She's in it she's
2: invested so I appreciate that I, I thank you that's really helpful I think, yeah. so I, I have one um, when as, as a man you're, you're sharing your problem yeah and you don't want the barrage of questions
0: okay
2: how can you politely say that it's like hey because again you just want to you maybe want, you want to share but you don't, don't want to go into all the nitty gritty because that's how uh-huh. a, emotion you know women want to connect how do you it's like, hey, how do you express that? And like, I don't want a barrage of questions. I just maybe want to talk, surface, service, and kind of let this process. But I want to include you. But I don't want. Well, let me ask you.
0: Why don't you want the questions?
2: Because it seems like when you go into the questions, it's just reliving the experience again. That's just getting back into the nitty gritty, Mm -hmm. and you're you're wanting to maybe feel more supported. Well,
0: I think it's okay to, to ask, tell your wife, what would you experience in that moment as support? Right. It's okay to let her know that, because she can't know that, and you can't know that. Right. But, you know, it's, it's okay to ask, honey, this, I want to share with you something, because I really want you to know it. What I would feel support right now, right now, is this. So if you could do this for me, is that okay? Could you do that? That could that could be helpful, because that'll, that'll flag her, that, what is it you need? The other is... Remember that when she's asking the question, she is trying to connect with you, right. and so whatever, whatever the issue, um, this is her way of connecting with you, and so sometimes you can be a little bit more patient with that, and, and even if it's, and, and maybe you share with her, if you're concerned about reliving something, maybe you can share it with her, what you're, maybe you're just not ready to relive it right now, maybe it's too fresh. Got it. Or maybe you're down the road a piece and reliving it a little bit would be okay. And inviting her to help you in that would be okay. So that would feel like she's, this is her, this is her, uh, this is her uh, wheelhouse is kind of emotionally, you know, supporting you. Mm -hmm. And so let her do that. as. As you can. Okay. Yeah. So let me go on and just kind of with you a couple other thoughts, and then I'll be done. Um, so I think a lot of times where guys get hung up, too, is they have a belief they, have, they are solely responsible for making their wife happy, so that when the wife is unhappy, they are at fault. And I think if you have that mindset, you're not going to be available to her. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, you can offend her. Yes, you can do things that make her unhappy, but... Her unhappiness isn't all about you. It's about a lot of things in her life. And so um, help, that's why if you can think, okay, there's some things I can do better here, um, but I'm not solely responsible for her happiness, it tends to make you more available. Because if you do believe you're solely, solely responsible and she's unhappy, you're going to retreat. You're going to withdraw again. And then when you withdraw, she feels alone and unloved. She thinks you don't care. She thinks she's a low priority. And she starts to protect herself from you, by putting up a wall, and sometimes she may avoid sexual connection as a way of protesting that you don 't seem to be interested in connecting with her in other ways, so so move toward her that 's the whole goal of, of that. The other piece of devotion, which I want to mention, is having eyes for her only. This is huge. Um, men are, are because of the way men 's brains are, are designed, they are more visually stimulated, and the temptation for them is they have you know looking at other women looking at pornography things like that that of course is going to be really really do harm to your devotion to your wife so um you know it, it doesn't it's not a non-issue in the sense of which she doesn't know how, how is it going to impact our marriage it totally impacts your marriage i don't have time to go into that today but um, she needs to feel your devotion um, in order to be able to trust you so the last one i wanted to mention is um, She feels loved by your serving her, and this is about helping her. You know, a lot of times when I talk to men, um, we have different love languages, you've heard about that, the five different love languages. A lot of times for men, it is about physical touch and sexual connection, not all men, but most men. For women, acts of service is usually kind of pretty high up there, Um, not always, but often, because she needs your strong, sensitive involvement. Um, And when you're there for her in some tangible way and helping she, she has a sense of pressure a lot. She feels um, this, this pressure to hold things together. And when you are there to support her or serve her, there's something that happens for her that she sort of goes off-duty internally. She internally relaxes when she feels your warm engagement and your support and your help. And young moms in particular, acts of service, are really huge because they often feel overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is a common feeling for women. If you want to check in, you know, she's she flustered or she's mad or whatever, you might just check in on her. Are you feeling kind of overwhelmed, honey? You know, probably seven times out of ten, the answer will be yes. They have this sense of it's all on their shoulders. And when you move in, and it's, it's hard sometimes because if you're both working, that's especially hard. If she's at home and you're working, you think, well, what does she got to do all day? Uh, stay home for a day with the kids and you'll realize what, she, what she's doing, you know. Um, So bringing your good strength into the relationship. She really, really longs for that. And when you do, she can relax in your strength. Um, So those are the three. Listening, moving toward her in in devotion, and then serving her. Those are the three big experiences that she feels are are love. And I wanted to conclude with this wonderful... um, It is Ephesians 5, but it's from the message, and I just wanted to read it to you in closing because I think it's so wonderful. It says, Husbands, go all out in love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. This is why a man leaves father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats his church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her. So that is a, a sacrificial kind of love that has as its focus evoking her beauty. Um, loving her strongly um, and sacrificially. So I, in conclusion, I have about three questions. If you ask your wife these questions every day, this could really be of help. The first question is, Honey, what's one thing you're anticipating about your day? Shows you're interested. What's one thing you're anticipating? I want to pray for you. So it shows her you're interested in her life, in her day, and that one thing you're going to be praying for today. She's going to be on your radar today. So, she knows you're important, there's some devotion there. What's one thing you're anticipating about today, your day, and I want to pray for you? That's the first one. The second question is, how are you feeling? These are simple. The third question is, how can I help you? If you ask your wife those three questions every day, You're going to be a husband who is devoted and who is uh, listening and who is serving her. And this, again, is sacrificial. The way Scripture is, is challenging husbands is to be sacrificial. And I am a firm believer, and this is part of why I wrote my book, is I'm a firm believer in the transformational power of marriage. That it draws us. So if you lived on a desert island, you wouldn't have to change. You wouldn't have to do these things. You could live your own life and be by yourself and no stretching at all. No growth sounds good. But because you're in marriage, you're in the most intimate relationship of your life. And because you are, it is it is the instrument I believe God uses most to move us into sanctification, to transform and change us because it challenges our selfishness. And that is that is key to loving your life. Yeah.
1: Mm. One of the first things that I do when I wake up in the morning, and my wife, uh, uh-huh. and I just you know greet her, and, you know, uh-huh. uh, good morning, uh, and how are you feeling today? Uh-huh. She hates it. <laughs> she, like, I'm yeah, she just comes right back at me saying, and, you know, it's in the morning. Uh, I mean, I'm not a morning person, and she just she just comes right back at me, and it just ruins my whole day, and and. and and as you can probably tell, from, uh, my wife and I, our communication kind of suck. <laughs> uh, so how would you deal with yes, that?
0: I, so listen to her. Listen to her carefully. She's not a morning person. That's a bad time to ask that question. Later in the day when she's frustrated with the kids or or when you get home late from work or whatever, when there's things going on and she's more awake and there's part of the day has gone by and she does have some feelings. That's the time to ask her. Not in the morning because she's not a morning person. So again, just listen to her. She's telling you that this isn't a good time. Listen to that. Later on, ask it when clearly, you know, you look at her and you can tell something's going on with her. That's when you ask her.
1: Okay, so then now I'm going to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. I'm a person who likes to start in the morning really nice. Yeah. And when I... Tell her, you know, good morning. Uh-huh. Uh, um, I would like at least a good morning back, and, and uh-huh. or she doesn't do that uh-huh. because she feels that she doesn't need to because she's she's not a morning person, and that bothers the heck out of me. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do I go around that?
0: Well, she said sacrificial, mm-hmm. so you're sacrificing your
1: your way to come here. I'm, I'm more like your wife early in the morning. Um, so I would say,
3: she does not want to see the sunlight, she didn't want to see opening the curtains and everybody's not ready for sudden wake up. So her, her good morning is you just creating a, a smooth a elongated process so she can wake up. Not
0: like this, but more like,
3: you know, for my life, you know, uh, you yeah. some soft music, <laughs> you can rub my back. You know, don't turn all the lights, open all the curtains, and just
0: start talking. I'm not ready to have a conversation with you, and that's nothing to do with you. Just, just Mm -hmm. acknowledge that she's just different and give her space. Mm -hmm. And so my wife was learning to put on something Mm -hmm. soft, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just kind of middle, and then I just, you know, I'm there. Mm -hmm. Versus, hey, let's have a conversation. I'm
1: not sure. I don't do that. I mean, i yeah, but there. you're exactly right. <laughs> exaggerating. so. That's, so that's so, really so from a from a, selfish, right from a woman's standpoint, yeah. what can I say to her uh, to to so that I can have have you know have, have a good start uh, okay. start of the day, so, or do I have to basically just grin and bear? Well,
0: I I do it differently. I wouldn't grin and bear it. But I wouldn't make your day contingent on her happiness in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're not going to get it. She's not a morning person. So don't make your day contingent on her becoming a morning person. Mm-hmm. Make your day contingent on the fact that God's given you a new day and the great, and she'll take a little while to, to, to come into the day, but I can go on and I can have a great day. It's not contingent mm-hmm. on my wife being like me.
2: See, it's easier for men if you just get her really big ass coffee cup and put a little
3: line down here and say don't talk to her till the coffee gets down
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Better yet, ask her Say, say, honey, you know what? I've noticed what I do in the morning just mm-hmm. doesn't float your boat.
1: What is <laughs> it that I can or cannot do that's going to really make your day? Just ask her.
0: <laughs> My wife and I had the same problem. I said, just leave me alone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me take it. Lori, tell, tell everybody about your book oh. and how they can it. Yes, yes. Oh. It's on Amazon, right?
0: It is on Amazon, and um, I brought a few copies with Good. me if you want one. Um, it is on marriage, obviously, and it is for every marriage, um, chapters 4 through 12, oh. thank you. Chapters 4 through 12 uh, are really about giving you some some meaty, practical, hands-on how to do it differently. Chapter 4 was the toughest one for me to write, but I think it's the most, one of the most impactful in the book, and it's really about how your family origin impacts how you love, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's a pretty potent mm-hmm. chapter, and then I talk about uh, differences and what you can do with those differences, conflict, how to lean into your marriage, what you need to let go of, and then uh, creating a vision for your marriage. And the first three chapters are really aimed at challenging some of the cultural norms of today about marriage and helping invite people that are considering leaving marriage to reconsider based on um, some, some, I think, both solid data and uh, persuasion. <laughs> so anyway, that's the book. And it uh, just came out last year, and it's been a lot of fun.
1: So thank you. And I want to make sure we respect Laura's time and also our time. Um, if you have any other questions, she'll be here for maybe a few more minutes before you. Yeah, I have a
0: client at 9, so I have to leave in about five minutes.
1: Yeah, so if we have a quick question for her. Um, and Laura, thank you so much. I think the Absolutely. thing that I got most out of today was this profound idea that if she is pulling away from me if she is negative not to run yeah but to to go towards her. yeah and that's something that just it's it's very counterintuitive yeah. but sacrificial love and i and i think also of a sign and when you were talking the men say no sex no talk and the women say no talk no sex so it's really <laughs> but thank you so much you really You're appreciate welcome. it
2: Okay, well, I'll ask, I'll ask questions. I'm single here, and I'm trying to figure this out. Um, would you say, you know, in a Christian marriage, that um, the reason why a lot of these, a lot of marriages here are very unhappy is because the husbands, I mean, because that's this, we're supposed to be the leader, are trying to suck our approval and our validation from our wives uh, versus going to God and bringing that in? Mm-hmm. What do you see, What do you see in a spiritual... What would you
0: Yeah, I, I do think Christian women do long for their husbands to, to take a leadership role in um, you know both prayer time together and just the way he orients himself in life, you know, to to really be seeking God about decisions the family's making and but but do it with her. have it be a collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, yeah, I think every every Christian wife longs for their husbands to To uh, demonstrate leadership in that area and leadership for the children in that area, and um, so uh, yeah, I I, and I think uh, you know it may be an area too where men think, well, I can't I can't quite do it right, so I'm not going to do it, you know, and they kind of abdicate and leave the heavy lifting of that to her too, which is just it's not another load she wants to bear. So yeah. Uh.
3: I was frustrated all morning because everything was counterintuitive. She's doing this, and you should do this, and I'm you know, i not up for that all the time. I have a sense that mm-hmm. you, re- you helped me resolve that with your three questions. Mm-hmm. That if I ask those three questions, mm-hmm. I'm proactive in a way I'm comfortable with yeah. that maybe precludes, it lets her know I'm paying attention to her, and I don't have to then fight the counter counterintuitive stuff because <coughs> she trusts me
0: be yeah. caring about her that's
3: right before it happens. Yeah.
0: It's, true. I, mm. Yeah, no, that's really true, Larry. I as you move toward her and you do it you get it in your DNA to move toward her. It's not just, you know, I'll do it now and then when I get flat back, I'm not gonna do it anymore. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, if you can really commit yourself to loving her purposefully, proactively, consistently She's going to be less negative. She's going to get in those negative funks less often, and she's she's going to feel your your devotion and your care. And when those negative times come, um, learning how to be available uh, it is counterintuitive, but it's powerful. And guys who are savvy, you who know, really get that and are able to self sacrificially move toward her in those negative times and say, "Tell me what you're feeling." And if it's well, if it's about me, um, tell me more. You know, it's courageous to have her complaining about you and you say, tell me more about that. What else? What else do I do? You know, bring it on. I mean, that's not our go-to yeah. default mode, yeah. but yeah. it's powerful when we're able to do that. We see that non-defensively, you know, as a researcher, John Gottman was a marital researcher, and he researched 650 couples, put cameras in their homes for two days, or two years, excuse me, and observed what works and what doesn't. And his findings were very, very simple and I think very dramatic, and that was, for women, what he saw, well, he, he, that both, both husband and wife, they needed to soften their startup when there was a when, when problem, soften the way they approach it with their mm-hmm. mate, and accept the influence of their mate. Mm-hmm. Softening a startup was more something that women need to do, because they typically are the ones to bring mm-hmm. up the problems. Accepting the influence of your mate is something men need to do, which is about being non-defensive being non-defensive as you relate to her. And I understand accepting the influence of your mate. Accepting the influence of your mate means inviting her, inviting her contributions. Taking, taking her, considering her thoughts, or feelings mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you're making you know in the decision-making process, developing a collaborative process. You know, if it's about finances or vacations or whatever, it's a very collaborative process. No pronouncements, no unilateral decisions, inviting her. So that's one way of accepting influence. But the daily way of accepting influence is really about being non-defensive and receiving. If she's talking to you about things she feels and disappointment she has, when women can talk about their disappointment, they get through it. Now, I do a lot of challenging of women on the way they express their disappointment. A lot of my talks to women are about that very thing. Because in Ephesians 5, that's their challenge, is when they get disappointed, they get critical. When they get critical, they get disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And women's challenge is to be respectful. So I spend a lot of time talking to them when I'm in a woman's audience. Mm -hmm. But um, for you guys, I think it is really about being receptive to her influence and her wisdom and her savvy. She's got a lot of relational savvy. Lean into it. Lean into it when it comes to the kids. Uh, Listen to her wisdom about that. So, So, in other words, inviting her influence, respecting, validating her point of view. These are all ways you can accept the influence of your wife. But the biggest one, I think, is being non-defensive when she's, she's trying to talk with you. I've got to go, but it's been really great to be with you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Does anyone want to buy
1: these, They're $10 each, before she goes, as she's out the door? She only has a few. There's a few. Yes, no, I'll take one. Okay. Best 10 three, bucks you might spend, she <laughs> would. <laughs> she she would. would. She she would